Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. Franklin motions back a little bit, sets up, gives the ball to Bucky. Nope, he kept it. Bo kept it, throws it. Franklin wide open. Touchdown, Oregon! Bo, I thought he had given it to Bucky. I think Utah thought he did too. This is Dirt and Sprague. Sappington. The kicker. Snaps good, hold, and it's a fake! And he's brought down inside the 10. But no time. I don't get it. I don't get it. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Gino from the shotgun. Lock and wide to the far side. JSN. He gets the throw near side. Turns out field. Got a blocker. Touchdown! Seahawks! No flags! DK Metcalf with a great block! And Seattle goes back on top. 23 to 20. Dirt and spray gun 1080, the fan. All right, 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Spray on Portland's Sports Leader. 1080, the fan. Happy Monday, everybody. What is happening? Are we on live on YouTube? Is it live? No, he's no, it's just not. waving his hand. No. Should I press the button to go live? He's panicking. He's panicking. We're he's panicking. panicking yeah. Didn't take us long to screw yeah. up the old cameras, so that's, you know, we got that going for us. But we didn't screw up anything. We, no. we just existed, and everything <laughs> just goes against us. We just show up to work, and sometimes things don't work around here. That's a nice little treat on a Monday. It's not like it's a big show. It's not like there's anything to talk about. Nothing no. important happened over the weekend yeah and we probably have a chunk of people who are in the youtube queue waiting for a live show to begin and it's not beginning and i also have a co-host who's wearing a halloween mask uh <laughs> did the sunday show go on youtube yesterday yeah, let me look is it there up. a way to look on the page and I will see look if it up. that is uh because if that's it i mean live. nobody else comes into this studio 
after them, so that would have been it. Uh, I got nothing on Sunday, and I got nothing on Saturday. So neither one of those shows went on YouTube? The last YouTube stream I am seeing is primetime from 1027. That's the last one I got on here. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So nothing happened over the weekend, so at least we can't blame them for breaking anything, because we definitely didn't do it. So, coin's fault then, the CW. (laughs) Let's blame them, I like that. It's their cameras. (laughs) I want to blame your mask, I think you broke the cameras. They walked in, they were like, ah! They just turned off immediately. I you can't see it. It makes this whole thing so stupid. <laughs> Defeats the entire purpose. It really does. I'm a little surprised you're still going with the bit. You're still wearing uh, the mask. Well, at this point, I mean, right, you got to lean into the character. Hold on, let me take a picture of uh, you. Okay. Theater of the mind. I'll tweet out a uh, a picture of what my co-host looks like. Right oh, now. well, I'm glad you have to tweet it out because yeah. now we don't. Uh... <laughs> there you go. We uh we're not on YouTube anymore. We've been booted after like three weeks. It was fun. Thank you. What did we say that was so offensive? I thought you you could get away with anything on YouTube. I've seen a lot of stuff on YouTube make me think that's true. There's some messed up stuff on there, There's man. Some pretty messed up stuff on YouTube. Conspiracy theories, oh. wild videos, stuff runs rampant on YouTube. There's no way we got booted this early. Yeah. The other thing too is I've I've told my my nieces and nephew know what I do for work. I think they've heard the show one time. And they say I, I complained about crows not getting out of the way when I drive, and I don't even remember doing that segment, but mm. they mock me for like, oh, the crows, and they, that's their, their thing. That's their bit. When we talk about what Uncle, uh, Uncle Andy does for work, they have found out that I'm now on YouTube, and the coolness factor of what I do for a living has just grown exponentially. Yeah. Of like now, before it was like, yeah, well, like what, what radio, okay, whatever. Now it's, wait, you're on YouTube? How do I watch? Where do I find it? Where right, do I go? Right. Now, all of a sudden, there's inquisitive questions about what I do for a living. Well, yesterday, my oldest was watching some TV, and, and she must have watched, like, three hours of YouTube. Just, like, these just people on YouTube. Over, and yeah. Just, yeah, it just it flies <laughs> to the next, from one video to the next video, from that video to the next video. Yeah, and I guess I'll watch that. Let's see what this one's about. Okay, let's find out about that. Uh, would you like to guess who I came dressed as today? <laughs> I, I have no clue. You can't guess? I can't guess. you got a scary mask on. I'm sending out the tweet, by the way, that we're not currently on YouTube. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'll alert the listeners. Uh, you don't know who I am. I do not know who you are. Really? You're you're a scary clown of some sort. No. It's got green hair. No. Weird lips. A bit of a Joker vibe over there. Am I, I getting mean, a, a Joker vibe? You're not wrong on the description of it, okay. but you don't know who I am? I can't put my finger on it, no. You don't, recon- you don't recognize <laughs> Jonathan Smith? <laughs> no? Did you just call a fake field goal? Is that what you just called? Is with that my what's slow-ass with white your, kicker? Is that what's happening at the end of the first half? Are you calling a fake field goal right now? I don't now? want to run Damian Martinez, the <laughs> second-leading rusher in the conference. I want to run a 5'8 <laughs> kicker. Why take points? <laughs> That's a scary costume for Beaver fans right now. That is a scary costume. If you, you don't want to say it's a Beaver coach, you could also say it's a different coach. You know another coach that looks just like this? <laughs> Who else looks like that? Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> I have a third-string quarterback, and I'm going to throw on third and three, even though I'm just shredding the Seahawks defense. It seems like a good sound strategy. That's what I like to do with my quarterback who's not very talented. Put him in a position to lose. What an idiot. <laughs> what a just an absolute moron of a coach. Biggest clown of the weekend. This could be a new theme for the show. Every Monday, who was the biggest clown? I got called a clown on Friday by listeners, and then I was not called a clown this weekend. Anybody tweet you? Uh, no, I tweeted people, though. Oh. I tweeted people, but yeah. nobody tweeted me. Well, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a rough time right now. <laughs> it is a time. It's a, it's a delicate time. You guys, you guys are going through your feels, right? I know yeah. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. I know what it's like. The woulda, coulda, shoulda losses are the worst. 
the ones where you where you leave the game and you think, God, how did we lose that game? Yeah, they stick with you. It's one thing if you go out and you lose by fourteen, and it's kind of like, all right, we never really were in it. They controlled it throughout. Like, yeah, could have done things differently in one. When you have a game where you make dumb mistakes to that level. And you feel like you were still in control of the game. It's it lingers, it stings, and it burns the nostrils. It does. It's uh, it's a pretty awful feeling. I don't think there's a contest though. As mad as I might be at Kevin Stefanski for being an absolute idiot, yeah. Jonathan Smith is the clown of the weekend. That was, it's not even close. That was one of the worst coaching decisions I think I have ever seen. Uh, that's definitely in my top five, for like, sure. That's something that I would have been like, did you see what that Iowa State coach did? <laughs> sure. You know, that. Uh, did <laughs> right. you see what Purdue's coach tried to do this weekend? I mean, I'm just trying to think of, like, really dumb plays. The first one that stands out is the Colts when they faked the punt. Remember that one where they hiked it? under center and there were three defenders standing directly in front of him and it's like what were you thinking against there? the Patriots Sunday Night Football like, I actually almost tweeted out a photo of that play <laughs> yeah. and I said my grandkids how did Oregon State lose to Arizona this, me this and I was going to show a picture of that and then I deleted it because I was so angry and <laughs> confused and I was like, I'm just going to bed. This is stupid. This that, is all dumb. Uh, and this is coming from somebody who will basically excuse any excuse isn't the right word, but def- I will find a way to defend. We got somebody saying we're on YouTube. Oh, okay. I but, don't know if that helps Swigard or if they just figured it out. But Cole tweeted us said, "You guys are on YouTube. I have it up. Sweet man. Oh, we are on YouTube right all now. Right. Okay, so we got it going. But it doesn't. The go live thing isn't a button that's been pressed. So well, swag might have pressed it. Do I, I don't know. To, okay, the cameras are like slowly moving. We're out of the picture. I can't quite figure it out. <laughs> Kyle just said TF is going on. I don't know well, what's going yeah, on right we're, now. We're just we're losing our minds here. Kyle. Look, I I will defend almost every aggressive decision. I defended the onside kick. Beaver fan hated that call. I defended my coach when he went for it on fourth down. Like I I'm okay with coaches being aggressive. I like being aggressive. You have to though explain to me like there was no chance that was going to work there isn't an like, explanation there was no for chance of a kicker running at 20 yards that makes if you fake that actually. 25 yeah if you faked that the first time you kicked the field goal which, on, they, which they tried to yes and you don't get it i'm not going to kill you for it like i get it was a fourth and two you saw something in the formation you wanted to get aggressive all right maybe it doesn't work i can at least rationalize that in my brain of you needed two yards, the kicker could run at two yards. Okay. Needing to run the ball 25 yards as time expires. <laughs> I saw one Beaver fan, too, who tried to rationalize it the next day of like, man, if we just make one block. And I'm like, dude, I'm watching this replay. There's three Arizona defenders who were right there. I don't think it was just missing one block. And it just doesn't, like, that was so bad. I thought it was a bad snap. <laughs> just like a free-for-all. I, I would not allow my brain to say that he purposely did that. <laughs> He's just going to start running. Run! Go! Go! We'll get to the audio of why he did it. And and I told Beaver fan this, like, you can say, like, somebody tweeted, like, if you interview him again, you better demand to know why he did this. And I'm like, he's going to be asked this three or four different times. Do you know what's going to happen? His answer will not satisfy you. No, it will not. And to be honest with you, nothing he could say does. He just took accountability for it. He moved on. And, like, we can ask again. He's going to give us the same answer. So... 
you kind of just stuck with it happened, and he made a really bad decision. Yeah, he was at, I watched the post-game press conference, which took way too long to get uploaded. I was, like, waiting. I was like, I got to hear what Jonathan Smith says after the game. I'm like, I'll listen to it tomorrow. I I don't have time for this. Yeah, I listened to it Saturday night, and he was asked about it, and he, I mean, he owned up to it. That's all you can do as a coach, and he, you know, said, obviously, we wish we didn't make that call. It's one that we regret, and, and, you know, it didn't make sense to make him run that far, and it just, it's, it's amazing to... I want to go back into the mindset of in the moment. Like, you really thought there was a chance that he was going to do that. Like, you really thought in calling that play that your kicker was going to run at 25 yards against a Pac-12 defense. It's, yeah. Like, if you fake that and throw it, I think I can excuse it in my mind. Still don't agree with the call. But at least with throwing the ball, there's a chance that you get to the end zone. Like, there's an opportunity of it happening. You just basically said, we don't want three points. Here you go. Um, Something we won't get to today that may be the biggest thing in sports from the weekend. Do you know what it is? I have no clue. I teased this to you yesterday. You did. I was wondering if you'd, if you'd figured out. Swag, have you figured it out? One of the biggest things to happen in sports happened this weekend, and I don't even think it's on people's minds today. Can you figure it out? No. Okay. We had the top heavyweight MMA fighter who has never boxed in his entire life go against the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing and get robbed because he probably should have beaten Tyson Fury. I saw he knocked him down. I saw that he trending on down. Twitter. I, I'm just, I didn't watch the fight, but I trust a lot of people who are in the fighting world. All of them said he got robbed. All of them. Hmm. He won the fight. It was clear he won the fight. And Tyson Fury gets a split decision in front, instead of, Francis Ngannou being a champion of the MMA yeah. and boxing. That is that is pretty wild. And you might not think it's as big a story as I'm making it out to be, but if I would have told 1996 Jason Swigard that an MMA fighter yeah. was going to just jump into boxing and beat Mike Tyson, he yeah, wouldn't have believed me. a mixed martial arts fighter. There's yeah. no way anybody would have believed me that no, that happened. No, it would have been longer odds than Buster Douglas. Exactly. So what's the what's the rationale here? Fury's just done. He took the fight for money, and he's not fight like is he over the hill? Is the other guy that good? What was the excuse for it? Well, the well, other guy trained boxing trained for a while. It's not like he just showed up. Yeah, for this a fight, fight didn't just happen two weeks ago. Well, no, no I know, but the, usually when these fights happen, the MMA guy gets his ass. A, a lot of people think Fury didn't take it as seriously in training, mm. whereas Naganu is a little smaller, but he's not smaller in weight. If you've seen him, he's a massive human being, big dude, and he. He was just ready, and Fury wasn't, yeah. and he got robbed. I also saw a highlight of Fury hitting him with a purposeful elbow, too. Oh, yeah, he dirty-ass little guy. That went uh, a dirty big-ass guy, I would say. He's nah, very, come a little guy. Very large, guy. large human being. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time taking you seriously this morning. Well, good, because that's how I felt about watching my football team this weekend. <laughs> it's going to be on all day. I don't care. I'm having a really hard time with this. Well, you know. You walked in, and I thought, did I miss Halloween? Is Halloween today? No, Am Halloween's I a day tomorrow. Early? It's Halloween's tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. I don't have kids, so I'm not quite in the loop with all that stuff. I'm like, I'm pretty sure today's not Halloween. Well, you know, I dressed as Jonathan Smith. That's what I wanted to come as today, Jonathan Smith, so I could harness my my Oregon State takes properly. Your inner clown energy. Yes, because there's no other way to describe what happened on Saturday night than to call it clown behavior. I'm glad that's my team. Yeah. Go Beavs. Man, your team had a good weekend, didn't they? They, they looked pretty good. Yeah, they they looked pretty good. They did. I will say this. It's going to be a rough month for Beaver fan. It's going to be tough. It's going to uh, be really hard. There, it is hard to top the feeling of a college football Saturday where your team gets a big win 
like a nice, easy, comfortable, like, holy, like, whoa, that was good. And then that allows you as a college football fan to sit back, put your feet up, and just watch everybody else freak the hell out. Yeah. That that feeling it's on a, a Saturday feeling. of like, I'm I'm done. My team's done. We've done what we needed to do. We're on the next weekend. And then you get to watch Washington nearly lose to Stanford. Oregon State lose to Arizona. Social media is freaking out. And you're just feet up in the air laughing like, yeah, this is fun. Huh? This is great. Yeah. There's no better feeling than that on a Saturday. You're not wrong there, Andrew. You're not wrong. We have a lot to get to today. Uh, we will. Uh, we have no guest. There's too many things to talk about. I didn't want to book a guest. I just thought let's dive into all of it. I'm glad we're on YouTube. But at least we got that figured out. Well, me too. I wore a costume. I have a thing in here that says "Go Live," so I don't know who did the "Go Live" or how. Like mine doesn't say that we're live. So no, we're we're live. Okay, we're live. I I had to go in. Joey's on his way in. He <laughs> called me and what happened? I I don't know what happened. Somehow the software got shut down or turned off or somebody get something. the wb on the horn stop turning the cameras off <laughs> so sister, but then sister. i had to like reframe the shots because they weren't framed up mm, gotcha. so he's trying to tell me how to navigate <laughs> the stupid and i'm the one that you want doing this at <laughs> six in the morning yeah swag is agitated the good news is they're going to pay you more for all this extra work all right wow. well coming up next <laughs> He's still pissed about the hair comments. Well, I mean, that's more of a general. All of this is, you know, you know, we don't get paid more for extra work. It was more of a we this sucks joke kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, more I got of like it. a collective suffering joke, not a you know. Yeah, not a I shame, got it. You know? I got it. Okay, uh, we will start with the local <laughs> taste. Uh, Oregon dominates Utah, and uh, I'm dressed as Jonathan Smith today on a uh, pre-Halloween Eve, and so uh, let's get the show going. Dirt and Sprague, we're back with local taste on the fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague here, youtube.com backslash 1080 the fan. I'm Jonathan Smith today. So when we talk Oregon State, it'll make a lot of sense. Yeah, I get to interview the coach live on the show today. It's good. You do. I like that. Ask me any questions. I'll give you honest answers. The hard-hitting questions will come later on in the show. Uh, let's start. Your team went to the desert, and uh, most people are the mountains. I don't. What would you call Utah? More desert mountains. mountains? I think more mountains, probably. The Wasatch Mountains. Yeah, yeah there you go. It's uh, applicable. Uh, but your team goes to Utah and uh, handles business. Never really in doubt at any one point. They scored on three of their first four possessions with tutties. And uh, wiped the floor with the Utes. Yeah, I don't think it was the fact that Oregon won that's surprising anybody or getting anybody talking. I mean, I, I thought we were pretty spot on on this game. There was a pretty high level of confidence for me going into it, and it primarily was just that Utah doesn't have a trustworthy offense. I mean, I know that they scored against USC, but that's against USC. And so I do think Utah's playing better at this point in the year than maybe they were a month or two ago. I think they've improved as the season has gone on with Bryson Barnes at quarterback, but I'm not surprised in the least that Oregon went in there and won. They're just the more complete, talented team. I think the eye-opener of this weekend wasn't that they won. It was the matter in which you beat Utah and how dominant it truly was. That just has not happened to Utah at home, no matter how good or bad their team has been. You can argue in their entire run in the Pac-12. Kyle Whittingham was asked after the game, when was the last time somebody did that to you in Salt Lake City? And he had to basically go back to pre-Pac-12 days, like a TCU game yeah. in the Mountain West in like 2010, in which they came in and just smoked them. Like, I know Utah's banged up, they're, they're shorthanded, and these are all the reasons that we liked Oregon to win the game pretty comfortably. But to, to completely dominate a team at the point of attack who was known for being the most physical team in the Pac-12, I thought was really eye-opening, and it's the reason that people are reacting. If Oregon wins that game... You know, 24-17, kind of ugly, low-scoring, defensive battle, similar to last year's game at Autzen Stadium. I think it's all right. That was a nice win. We'll see where the rest of the year goes. Uh, but the fact that you dominated them to that level, and it's a team that doesn't get dominated, it, w it was eye-opening, I think, for a lot of folks this weekend. Uh, Bo Nix comes out of this game with people talking about Heisman, and I mean no disrespect with this, but I just don't really see it. I know he's going to be a finalist for it. He's mm -hmm. certainly lined up right now to be one of those. But uh, he had a really good day for himself. The Oregon offense was humming, man. Like Utah's defense, I thought the one reason I didn't think this game was going to be close or an upset was because I just didn't know if Utah's offense would be able to keep their defense off the field long enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that showed itself after the first couple of possessions. Oregon took full advantage of that. They did. Utah had uh, 99 rushing yards as a team. They averaged 2.8 yards per carry as a team. And that, like, if you if you told anybody on Friday that Utah's not going to be able to run the football, the game's going to be over. Like, there's no chance Utah can win. They have to be able to run the ball. You go to their USC win the week before, they had 250 rushing yards as a team. So Bryson Barnes got a lot of the attention, and they hit some deep shots to Vaki and all that. Game-winning field goal was great. They won that game because they ran the ball for 250 yards, and yeah. it kept their defense off the field, and it kept their offense alive. They ran it 36 times for 99 yards. Their longest run was 14 yards. They had one 14-yard run, which came in the second half. And when you suffocate a team to that level at the line of scrimmage, it's it's really demoralizing as, as the game goes on. I, I will tell you, the swing moment in the game where it was like, wow, this might be a really comfortable win 
was after they held Utah to a field goal following the fumble and then scored quickly on their next drive. Yeah. Because this is, it's all, when you're going on the road and we're going to go through this with Oregon today because now it's going to be, well, who's going to beat them the rest of the way and look at the rest of the season and all that. There's always that uncomfortable feeling when you kick off a game of please don't let something weird happen. Oh, I got takes on that. Sure. Who's going to beat Oregon the rest of the way? When you had, Oregon scores an easy touchdown on their opening drive, which was great because it quieted the crowd and shut everybody up. And I think it made, Utah fans have that like gulp feeling of uh oh that wasn't that wasn't good, and then you you get a stop on fourth down on your second drive and then immediately fumble and that's when those weird spidey senses kick in of like oh god don't let dumb things happen in this game don't hurt don't shoot yourself in the foot like that's the only way that you're going to keep Utah alive and to hold them to a field goal on that drive to maintain the momentum and then to score on your next drive to immediately go up fourteen three we said it all last week like if Oregon can build an early lead in this game. Utah's not going to be able to come back. They can't throw their way back in when they're down by 11 or they're down by 17. They have no chance at winning, and you can just suffocate them like a snake, and that's exactly what Oregon's defense did. Brandon Dorless, Massive. What a day. Massive. Holy crap, man. The entire defensive line you can make an argument for. No, for sure, but Dorless just hunkered down there in the middle and closing everything up. I mean, yeah. you that was a nightmare of a day for Utah. That's the third time this year now that an Oregon defense has held their Pac-12 opponent without a touchdown. They did it to Colorado, they did it to Stanford, and they now have done it to Utah. Not the greatest offenses in the world, but that's something that Oregon's defense, I don't know if they've ever done. And it's just, it's really exciting to see how how good they were on that side of the ball. And again, Utah's not the most dynamic offense. I'm thanking my lucky stars that we caught them shorthanded because Utah at full strength is a much different looking team. But that's still a team that hung, you know, 40 points two weeks ago against Cal and 35 or whatever it was against USC. They can move it a little bit. Vaki has given them a weapon. Yeah. To, to hold them without a touchdown and basically give them no hope and like 200 yards of total offense, man, that was fun to watch. Uh, how massive is it in hindsight now? To get out of Texas Tech with that win. Huge, dude. Right? Like, you think Massive. about things like that and moments like that. You, you you lose to Washington in a heartbreaking fashion. But going into the season, we looked at the back end of the schedule, and you're like, yeah, Washington, Utah, USC, Oregon State, last rivalry game of how, who knows how many years. Mm-hmm. And then you get to it, and you go, okay, well, we didn't beat Washington, but we were pretty damn close, and we we statistically won the game. Yeah. We just didn't score more points. Just didn't convert inside the 10-yard line. Utah was never going to get their quarterback back, but we didn't know that for most of the year. Mm-hmm. And then here's the pig farmer. <laughs> USC is a disaster, and Oregon State can't win a road game to save their damn lives. So yeah. it's like suddenly that schedule looked kind of like, whoa, Like how do you get out of that? To does anybody beat them going forward? And we'll get into it, but I just it, it's it's so funny to look three weeks ago how Duck fan felt versus how they feel today. Three weeks ago, it was like, oh, God, Washington beat us. So quickly things can change. Our season might be over. And not that not that every Duck fan was saying that by any stretch, but it's, you know, there is that feeling when you lose to a rival, and three weeks later, you're one of, you're the second most efficient team in college football. The second. You know who the first is? Who's number one? The guys who cheat. <laughs> and haven't played anybody. That also, yes, <laughs> Michigan. I will. Uh, there's a duck honk who's raising his hand. That duck honk is uh, me, who remembers saying after the game and getting laughed at that maybe losing that game to Washington was a good thing. That sometimes with a really talented team, 
getting in a little extra sense of motivation, getting that extra push, having that safety net taken away. There's urgency every knowing game of now. like, dude, we can't let one yeah. slip. We have no room for error. We have no margin for error, and we have to play f- perfect football the rest of the way. And you didn't get, you didn't sit back, get fat, and get fed rat poison for two weeks. And I don't really know how else to excuse what's going on with Washington right now, other than it's a lot of rat poison that they've been eating. Oh, I want to get in them, and today. they need to stop eating rat poison. Uh, but it it seems like this is an Oregon team that has that understanding. There's that sharpness. There's that edge to them in what they're doing. And as a fan, when you ask for things to improve, and they do. It's a great feeling because I like on Friday I wanted a, a faster start. Oregon has gotten off to slow starts against Washington. They didn't get off to a great start against Washington State. Didn't get off to a great start. Fourteen to three at the end of the first quarter immediately. I asked for them to finish drives. They have not been finishing drives the last couple of weeks. It cost them the Washington game. Five for five in scoring touchdowns. Didn't settle for a field goal. Yep. None of those awkward fourth down decisions. They converted. They scored touchdowns. And then the middle eight. I mean, Oregon outscored Utah in that middle eight. I mean, they came out and got an immediate stop to open the second half when it's 14 or 24 to six or 21 to six, whatever the score was. 21 to six, yeah. And then you immediately score a touchdown, get another stop, and immediately score a touchdown. Not to mention holding Utah to only a field goal at the end of the first half. They dominated the middle eight. And they had not done that the last couple of weeks. And so when you ask for things to improve, and they do, that's a sign of a team that understands their weaknesses, and they went about addressing them. They uh, they beat them so bad that Utah fans left at halftime, which doesn't yeah. happen very often at Utah. That's a very passionate fan no. base. And even they were put into submission and said, yeah, we, we can't hang with this. Yeah. This is a different level of football team. Kyle Winningham was searching for answers after the game of like, wow, I... That has not happened in a long time. No, it no, it doesn't. But they took care of business. You could have you could have Deion Sanders your way into the studio and high stepped and <laughs> said, "Oh, we're gonna talk about Oregon. What about the Oregon State comments that I made that I was chastised over?" And nobody tweeted me after what happened Saturday night. We'll get to those. We will get to those. We'll get to those. As you can tell from my outfit, we will get to those today. I got called a clown on Friday who doesn't watch college football. I did see that. That yeah. one offended me. That one got under my I, skin. Yeah, that there are comments. Like It's one thing to say, I think you're an idiot because you're wrong. Okay. Or I, I disagree. Or yeah. I don't. Yeah. We are idiots. Yes. When people suggest that you don't watch a sport that you talk an awful lot about. Yeah. And the amount of hours we spend watching football. Like, it's one thing yeah. to be wrong on something. It's, it's one thing another... to be wrong. But no, I yeah. will. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll get on people. It's like, no, the one thing that you guys do is. I mean, we're all sitting there texting Saturday, going back and forth. I mean, I, re- I rewatch games throughout the course of the week. Yeah. I'm willing to wager. And this is not a I know more about football than anybody. Mm. I'm willing to wager that I watch more college football than anybody that works at the fan. Wow. I mean, that's... I mean, I rewatch games yeah. on YouTube all week. I Pac-12, 60. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm just... I, I don't have kids. I got nothing to do. What am I out here? Just I have no liver. Res- I don't watch football. <laughs> no responsibilities. Other than my furnace broke this weekend. That was great timing. And you bought a new car. You're and poor. I bought a new car. God, you're poor. I am poor. I'm so glad you're poor. I mean, your team is so rich. Internal panic attacks. About oh, the check that I have to go right to. Boy, that's the worst, isn't it? <laughs> like, God, that much money? You just feel broke as soon as you hand that check over. Yes. Like, I'm just, I'm going to hold on. It's going to be one of those where they're going to grab it. And I'm yeah. just going to, I'm, I'm not letting back. go. Like, yeah. ah, ah. Maybe we can still return it and get a used car for like 500 bucks. Nope. I'm going to tag every single person <laughs> at the fan on Twitter with this poll question. <laughs> Does Dirt watch the most college football of anybody at 1080 The Fan? That is a hell of a proclamation to make. Swag watches the most sports, and I don't think it's even remotely close. That is 100% yeah, that's fact. That's 100% I will not true. argue. And I'm, I'm just I'm making the argument. I'm, I'm going to put my, my yeah. name atop the mantle. I think I watch more than anybody. College or pro? College. 
Not pro, college. Okay. I I barely watched a second of NFL yesterday. Really? We were. It was a long day of car buying. Did you record the red zone? I did. I did not. You're gonna get home and go seven (laughs) hours of commercial on a Monday. (laughs) Well, I thought we don't really talk a lot of NFL Mondays, and there's a lot to get to with Oregon. They don't replay that at some point like on a Tuesday. How is it not just replaying on that channel all the time? All week. Just like on a cycle. Usually you just go to it and they play lovely NFL music for you, which I sometimes do during the week. You just need a little bump on a Tuesday. We got the whole NFL films library in the system. I got to be honest, wearing this is actually making me feel better about how stupid my team was this weekend. I don't know how to make that make sense. It was a rough watch. It was a very rough watch. Uh, we'll get to it, but coming up next, I want to dive around the Pac-12. Actually, I thought it was a very interesting week in a Pac-12 football. I did watch some Pac-12 football. It wasn't just dirt that watched Pac-12 football. <laughs> I watched some Pac-12 football. I want to talk about it more. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm tony kornheiser this is my show my friends come on and you know them we talk about the sports you care about basketball now golf and the metronome of your life baseball whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I want to I talk about that game. We'll get to the Huskies. Is there cause for concern in Seattle? Maybe, maybe not. We'll talk about that coming up at 645. Uh, thanks for tuning in to 1080, the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, and of course, YouTube.com backslash 1080, the fan. That was the final call, USC beating California 50-49. to Cal goes for two, <laughs> and potentially the win, and they don't get it. And USC comes back and narrowly escapes California on the road. Uh, Cal plus 11 was one of the easiest picks of the weekend. <laughs> and uh, USC survives somehow, some way. 5-1 and one in Pac-12 play. 7-2. and two. I didn't understand. So I, I, I love that Wilcox wanted to go for the win. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the idea that, like, if that's your thinking, why did you call a timeout? Yeah. 
I don't like that. Yeah, I, sometimes when you get those decisions, I agree with the decision. I don't agree with the 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 process in making it yeah. and the play call. Yes, and that's where it's like I always want teams to to strike in that moment. You're Cal, dude. You're this is like <laughs> you got a chance to win this game. Your season is going nowhere. Pull off this upset. It would be massive, and you don't want to go to an overtime and have to stop Caleb Williams multiple times because it's not going to happen. Arizona just did this a number of weeks ago, and they ended up losing in overtime with some really bad two point conversion play calls. They didn't go for the jug either. It ended up biting them. I just want to see a different play call in that moment. I will say, though, there was a part of me that was a hair sad that we didn't get to see a 50-50 tie game going to overtime. I know. Like, the spectacle of that on the scoreboard would have been really cool. 50-50. Like, that was your 50-50 to going to overtime. I'm always amazed in college and in the NFL sometimes. I'm amazed we don't have, like, two-point conversions are not... There's two-point conversion plays, but I'm just amazed of how awful they are. This happens, too, in short-yarded situations, right? Like, last week, I was not here on Monday because I was sick. Washington State ran a trick play on fourth down. Yeah. And a key moment in that game, like a reverse pass, when Cam Ward could not be stopped at that moment. You're like, you took the ball out of your quarterback's hands, who at that point was torching Oregon's defense. And you gave it to a wide receiver to throw it. I understand there's a trick factor, and uh, Stanford tried the same thing against Washington. They didn't execute it. But at least theirs had a chance at success in terms of a trick play. It's amazing, though, sometimes when you get into those, and it's like, I agree with the decision. I just don't agree with the play call. This was Oregon against Washington. I didn't have any problem with you going for it. I just didn't think any of the play calls were good. And that, to me, was the thing that was more egregious than the idea or decision to go for it. Is a Pac-12 owe Shiloh Sanders an apology for one of the most egregious targeting ejections I've ever (laughs) seen in my entire life there was a part of me that got frustrated with the reaction to it because hits like that happen all the time in college football there was nothing dirty about (laughs) that call i mean about that hit no there was not he hit him with his shoulder he hit his shoulder like what is he supposed to do there (laughs) go low and tear his acls well gronk uh you know it's funny as gronk saw this rob gronkowski and responded and says as a as a pass catcher i'd actually want to be hit exactly where sanders hit yeah, uh, the tight end. It was shoulder to shoulder, essentially. Yeah, because... I know there was a little helmet contact, but it was not a spearing or a malicious hit. Well, no, but you don't want your legs taken out. Those yeah. are ligaments, man. You could be out for a year, year and a half. Like, it's a bad hit. Maybe you feel a little woozy for a second, but most part, like, it's shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. The only frustration I had was that if that was anybody other than Shiloh Sanders, that that clip does not go viral, and it is not talked about. Because I, I, hits know like about that, that happen all the time in the Pac-12. Yeah. Guys are ejected, I would not every weekend, but almost every other other weekend I'm watching a game and I'm like how are you going to toss a guy out of a game for that that's ridiculous well you would know better than I you watch the most college football of anybody at 1080 the fan <laughs> like I'm just cracking up of like of course Gronkowski and Richard Sherman are tweeting about this if that was not Shiloh Sanders they are not tweeting about a random hit in a Colorado UCLA game they're not watching Colorado UCLA and highlights from Colorado UCLA do not go viral did you see what Dion said <laughs> about his offensive line sucking well he was he was asked about the attendance was amazing it was almost packed at the Rose Bowl that's only happened when LSU goes there and right. when Deion Sanders goes there. And Dion was asked, and he goes, well, it'd sure be nice to win at some of these games. People come to watch us. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, I, I, I think he deserves some credit for all the noise he got in the beginning of the year for starting out undefeated. Dude's handled the losses pretty well, actually. Yeah, the only part that I will push back against him from is the way that he, he, he threw a positional group under the bus in epic proportions this weekend. Uh, did you see the first half numbers of that? Like, sure. The, their offensive line sucks. Nobody Sh- disagrees Shadour with that. had maybe the most pressures I've seen in a college game in a long time. I that thought, was pretty bad. I thought his luggage was Louie. 
Well, why isn't it? Why isn't his offensive line luggage, Louie? Those are all transfers. He brought all those guys in. Those were all handpicked out of the portal. Yes. And this dude's just pretending as if there are all pro offensive linemen waiting in the transfer portal every year, and we can go find them because that's the easiest thing to do, right? Let's go find elite offensive linemen to replace an entire starting offensive line, have them then gel together to the point where we're a dominant rushing attack. It doesn't work that way. And to say after the game, we're going to go, we're going to go get new offensive linemen. Like imagine being one of the offensive linemen listening to that clip. This happened in Pittsburgh as well. Do you see what Pat Narduzzi did? I I saw he threw the entire team (laughs) under the bus. We thought we had, better players evidently we don't from last year and the players are all tweeting like what the hell dude you're the head coach fade pittsburgh this weekend yes there's a lot of quit that's going to (laughs) happen the last month with pittsburgh i just look there are bad decisions there are losses that are on coaches from time to time sometimes it's on the players as a head coach it is always your responsibility to take the blame these are college kids and to say like come out and say, hey, this is on me. I didn't do a good enough job in the portal. I whiffed on some. You know, I need to do a better job of getting the offensive linemen. I think it's viewed differently. But it's to say we're going to replace all these dudes because they're ass. Like, bro, that was your job in the first place, and you didn't do it. Did Lincoln say his defense looked great? He did actually. He defended Alex Grinch. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Oh, you you really? I'm not kidding. In yeah. the post game, he was asked, "Why are you still not making changes at on defense?" And he said, "Well, it's more complicated than that. We handed him short fields. Yeah. We turned the ball over. Yeah, we had." Had some three and outs. We didn't help the defense in those spots. He's gone, dude. Alex <laughs> Lincoln Riley is gone. There's no way you defend that defense if you care about the future of your program going to the Big Ten. He's got to be gone. I'm I'm working on a theory. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see it. Thought experiment. Yeah. Could Oregon run the ball on every play and beat USC? Yes. Like not attempt to, yes. like even just let them know going in, we're not going to throw the football. We're just going to call different runs. Can you stop it? I think Oregon could start Novoso and win the game. <laughs> just hand it off. Like that's how little respect I have for what USC currently is. You gave up 49 points to Cal. I mean, we gave up 40. So. <laughs> That's true. It's nine less. Juggernaut. That's right. It's 49. Take away 40 is nine. That's nine less points. The Cal team got smoked on the road at Utah. Yeah. Make it make sense. I Yeah. You can't make anything make sense. I I, We didn't get to one game, but I want to talk about Washington and one other game that's kind of connected to the Huskies. So we'll get to that next. Any cause for concern in Seattle? Uh, what we make of the Huskies last two weeks. We'll get to that next on The Fan. All right, the poll question's up. Does anybody at The Fan watch more college football than Dirt? He claims no. You can vote yes or no at Dirt and Sprague. Uh, We'll get to Oregon beating Utah this weekend and how good we think the Oregon Ducks are right now. We will talk about Oregon State's incredibly stupid loss to Arizona this weekend. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm dressed as Jonathan Smith for Halloween. Happy Halloween! <laughs> I got another costume for tomorrow. You guys will enjoy that one. Um, so we didn't talk about one of the other Pac-12 games because we're going to talk about Washington here. Okay, let's do it. Washington got into a bit of a back and forth with Stanford on Saturday. A bit of a back and forth. <laughs> I mean, they led. They just they sure. Stanford would score, and they're like, "Oh, it's a one-score game again." Oh, Washington's going to put away fumble. Stanford scores again, one-score game. <laughs> Until the end, and Washington ended up winning. In the last two weeks since Oregon, Washington has narrowly escaped Arizona State at home and narrowly beaten Stanford on the farm. That has led many people to go, see the last two weeks? Oregon's legit. Washington, something's wrong. Where's the cause for concern for Washington? I think it has to be incredibly high. Uh, I, I would use the term incredibly lucky. 
the last two weeks. They got the benefit of somehow a picked-up defensive pass interference call on that final drive for Arizona State that still doesn't make any sense. Arizona State proceeds to throw a pick six. They had a game this weekend that felt like it was over in the first half. We were texting about it as we were watching it and kind of flipping around in that after, you know, that early evening window, and it's like, yeah, this is done. They're up. They're gonna, Stanford's not going to win this game. It's over. And then all of a sudden you look up and you think, what the hell is going on here? And they get a fourth down play call against them that is executed to perfection in which a dude just drops a pass. Yeah, he's clean. Just, he was open. He might have scored a tutty if he, he caught that He pass. goes for another 20 yards least, maybe, yeah, right? And that least. was at the time a 35-33 game yep. with time dwindling. They only needed a field goal to win that game. Yep. If that guy catches that pass, who knows where that drive ends up? They have gotten incredibly lucky the last two weeks. Now, what does it mean going forward? That's the million-dollar question. Is this a Washington team that has been eating rat poison and told how great they are and how they're going to go to the playoff and they're going to win a national title, and they have come out incredibly flat the last two weeks and playing an actual tough schedule is going to resharpen them? If that's the case, then Washington will be fine. If this is the way Washington is going to play the rest of the year, they will lose. Maybe once, maybe twice, but they will lose a game in their last month stretch. It starts with USC on the road this weekend. We can all make fun of Lincoln Riley and his defense. It's still not easy to win in L.A., and that offense is scoring on basically everybody. You have to go to Oregon State. You have a tough, physical Utah team coming to town. And Washington State doesn't look like much right now, but it's a rivalry game, so we'll see what the hell happens there. Their last month is ridiculously tough. It was nice to see Penix get it going. He It sounds like he was dealing with some sort of illness or flu, and that was the reasoning for being a little off early on in that game. It, it sounds like it was going around the locker room. The head yeah. scratcher for me, though, for them, a week ago their defense won them the game. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. Stanford is not a team that scores a lot of points on people. They gave up 500 yards of offense to Stanford. They were outgained in this game by Stanford. They gave up 300 yards through the air, 367 to be exact, and about 130 yards rushing. Like, that's a really bad defensive performance. And it again begs the question of, are you balanced enough to survive for the long haul, or are you too one-dimensional heavy just in terms of your passing game? Well, you know, the, the thing about Washington, <clears throat> clear my throat there, the thing about Washington is there's no refuting how they've looked the last two weeks. We were wondering, I was saying out loud last week, like, is Penix hurt and they're just lying to us? Because he didn't look good throwing the ball against ASU. He looked perfectly fine on Saturday. He didn't look like somebody with broken ribs. He slang that rock. He had, what, 300-plus yards. Mm -hmm. He had touchdowns. But sometimes in seasons, you're going to have weird lulls. And I'm just wondering, is this a playing down to competition because it's not as exciting as playing in Oregon at home? Or are there real red flags? Arizona State, we didn't even talk about this game in the last segment. Arizona State whooped Washington State's ass. They did. I did they not didn't, see that coming. They didn't just win the game. They whooped their ass. That's a team you have a lot of respect for. For sure. Arizona State molly whopped them. So... I think we need to be fair here with one of the two teams at least. Arizona State's been better the last four weeks. They just have. I, I'm i not saying they're a good team. I'm not saying Washington, that's an excuse to play poorly at home and not score a touchdown. I'm just saying, like, the defense is legit, and their offense showed up this weekend and embarrassed Washington State. Very true. So at least that win looks a little better a week later. The Stanford game is just, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. I think it's a middle-of-the-road defense. Who they lost forty-two to seven the week before to UCLA. No, I know Stanford's a bad team. I'm just saying, like my explanation for that, just middle of the road defense, giving up big plays, 
having costly turnovers at the worst time. Odunze fumbled when they were going into drive, which would have yeah. put the game away. Very true. And Penix threw a ball that Odunze was going to catch, but then like the back of the DB and then somehow turned into a pick. So I actually thought that ended up being a ball don't lie moment because they got a defensive PI to extend that drive that I thought was a horrendous call. Well, so did Stanford. Stanford's coach <laughs> that was, was pissed a about that. Horrible call. But but my point is like t- un un uh, costly turnovers at the worst possible time. Mm-hmm made that more of a game than it probably would have resulted in. And so, again, I see what everybody else is seeing the last two weeks. I think right now what we're sitting in as we go to the second hour is, right now for me, it's got a real feel of Washington won the battle, Oregon looks poised to win the war. Yeah. And that's a thing that's looming in the next few weeks is what Washington does. Do they escape through the schedule? Do they lose at Oregon State? That We know that team can play at home. Uh, Did they lose to USC this weekend? I don't know. But they've looked real weird and out of sorts the last two weeks. And my only thought is, are they just playing down to their opponents? Which, by the way, isn't something you want to see. But I did think of a local team here in 2010 who went undefeated through the whole season and had two games that made you go, hmm. And one of those games was an early game at Arizona State Mm -hmm. that Oregon narrowly won 42-31. I remember that game. And then they narrowly beat Cal at home. 15-13. 15-13. to 13. That was the year Oregon went to the national title game against Auburn. Mm-hmm. And just, I remember the Notre Dame team that went against Bama. They narrowly beat Navy. They narrowly beat Stanford. Sometimes teams have weird weeks in seasons where they run the table. There's no question about that. That is a definite possibility. If you're a Husky fan, you better pray that's the case. Yeah. Because the next three weeks is a brutal gauntlet for Real you. Real test. And it starts this weekend in Los Angeles. I you, tend not to think the last game of the year is as big a test. And that's totally fair. Washington State's not the team that we all thought they were when they beat Oregon State. They had knocked off Wisconsin and Oregon State at that time, and they were undefeated, and they were feeling good. That's not a good football team, and that's been proven over the last six, you know, six weeks or whatever. USC, though, offensively is going to give that Washington defense some nightmares. Oh, absolutely. And and Utah is a physical team who I'm not just watching them play one game against Oregon and pretending as if they're not going to be tough the rest of the way, dude. That's yep. a Utah team that's going to upset somebody and beat somebody, and you're going to say, damn it, there goes Utah again. Uh, and, and not to mention Oregon State, who is a drastically different team at home and on the road. So the reality for you is if you play the way you play the last two weeks, you're going to lose one or two games. And you better hope that this was a lull. The rat poison thing is real, man. People tell you you're great. They constantly remind you, you're great, you're going to win, you're going to be fine, you're going to be great. And the next thing you know, you're like, all right, we're great. We don't need to, yeah, this is awesome. And then you almost lose Arizona State and to Stanford. And so we'll see what Washington team shows up this weekend. Uh, We will get to the cluster F that was Jonathan Smith down at the desert on Pac-12 after dark, but we kick off the second hour. Oregon goes on the road and dominates Utah. We'll start there. Hour two, Dirt and Sprague on the fan and YouTube. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring! 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.